1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hey there, I'm Jake. Just your average 15-year-old boy. Except for one thing. I've been in love with the same girl since kindergarten. Yeah, that long. Her name's Lily. She's got these sparkling blue eyes that remind me of the ocean, and a laugh that could make even the grumpiest person smile. That's right, Uncle Scrooge. Put a smile on that face. But enough about her. Let's get to the real story. One day, Lily's dad just up and left. No note, no goodbye, nothing. Just Lily, her two younger sisters, and an empty house. Lily was devastated, but she put on a brave face for her sisters. She was only 15, but overnight, she became a mom, a dad, everything. One day, she came to me, tears streaming down her face. Jake, I need your help. And of course, I said yes. I mean, who could say no to those ocean blue eyes? Ugh. So there I was, a 15-year-old boy trying to be a dad. It was like playing house, but for real. I'd go to school during the day, then head over to Lily's to help with homework, cook dinner, and tuck the girls into bed. It was exhausting every time i saw lily's grateful smile it was worth it we had our share of disasters like the time i tried to make spaghetti and ended up turning the kitchen into a war zone or the time lily's youngest sister bella decided to give the dog a haircut but we also had our moments of triumph like when we managed to fix the leaky faucet all by ourselves or when bella finally learned to tie her shoelaces but just when i thought we had everything under control My parents found out. They were furious. You can't be playing house with Lily and her sisters. My mom said, but I wasn't playing. This was real life. And I was determined to help Lily, no matter what. So that's the crazy start of my journey. But trust me, it gets even crazier. So make sure you're subscribed and have notifications turned on because you won't want to miss what happens next. All right, where were we? Ah, yes, my parents had just found out about my double life. They were furious, but I was determined to help Lily and her sisters. So I did what any reasonable 15-year-old would do. I argued with my parents. You don't understand, mom. Lily needs me. I said, my voice echoing in our living room. Jake, you're just a kid. You can't be responsible for an entire family. My mom replied, her voice filled with concern. But I wasn't backing down. I may be a kid, but I can help. I have to help. I said, my voice firm. After what felt like hours of arguing, my parents finally agreed to let me continue helping Lily, but under one condition, I had to keep up with my schoolwork. So my double life continued. School during the day, playing dad in the evening, it was exhausting, but every time I saw Lily smile, it was so worth it. One day, while I was helping Lily's middle sister, Emma, with her math homework, Lily pulled me aside. Jake, I i don't know how to thank you, she said, her ocean blue eyes welling up with tears. Lily, you don't have to thank me. I'm just doing what any friend would do, I replied, my heart pounding in my chest. But before I could say anything else, Lily did something I never expected. She kissed me. It was a brief, sweet kiss but it was enough to make my heart race jake i she began but was interrupted by bella's loud cry jake emma's eating crayons bella wailed pulling us back to reality and just like that our moment was over but something had changed lily had kissed me so there i was juggling school my double life and now my feelings for lily it was like i was in a circus juggling flaming torches but hey at least it wasn't boring One day, while I was at school, I received a call from Lily. Jake, I need your help. The landlord is here, and he's threatening to kick us out, she said, her voice trembling. I rushed over to Lily's house, my heart pounding in my chest. The landlord was a gruff man with a belly that shook like a bowl full of jelly. You're months behind on rent. If you don't pay up by the end of the week, you're out he bellowed, his voice echoing in the small apartment. I could say something about the tension in the air being palpable, but that one guy might comment something. So I'll just say the tension was high. Lily, don't worry. I'll figure something out, I said, trying to sound more confident than I felt. And figure something out I did. I took up a part-time job at a local diner, working late into the night. It was exhausting. But every time I handed my paycheck over to Lily, again it was so worth it to see those eyes. But just when I thought things were starting to look up, I received a call from my school. Jake, your grades are slipping. If you don't improve, you might have to repeat the year, my teacher said, her voice stern. I was at a crossroads. I could either focus on school and risk Lily and her sisters getting evicted, or I could continue working and risk failing the year was like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. But before I could make a decision, Lily pulled me aside. Jake, I can't let you do this. You're sacrificing your future for us. She said, her eyes filled with tears. Lily, I can't just stand by and do nothing. I replied, my voice firm. Jake, there has to be another way. She said, her voice barely a whisper. And just like that, we were back to square one. I was way over my head in this situation. i had lost hope until overhearing about this local talent competition the prize a scholarship grant that could cover lily's rent for a year i knew what i had to do i signed up for the competition deciding to showcase my hidden talent playing the guitar i had been strumming tunes in my spare time a hobby i picked up to distress from all the responsibilities the days leading up to the competition were a whirlwind i was practicing day and night my fingers dancing on the strings i was determined to win not for me but for lily and her sisters on the day of the competition i was a bundle of nerves the stage was huge the lights blinding but when i saw lily and her sisters in the audience their faces full of hope i knew i couldn't back down and now please welcome to the stage jake the announcer's voice boomed i walked onto the stage so nervous i took a deep breath and just started playing the melody filled the room my fingers moving effortlessly on the strings the audience was silent Their eyes glued to me, and then just as I was about to finish my act, disaster struck. A string on my guitar snapped. I watched in horror as it flew into the audience, but before I could apologize, the audience erupted in applause. Bravo! A woman shouted from the crowd. That was the most heartfelt performance of the night! I stood there, stunned, as the cheers washed over me. I had done it. I'd won the competition. But just when I thought things couldn't get any better, the woman who had shouted bravo came up to me. Son, that was a fantastic performance. I run a music school, and I think you'd make a great teacher. It's a part-time job. Would you be interested? She asked a hopeful look in her eyes. And just like that, I'd not only solved our money problem, but I'd also found a way to juggle school and work. Life was going well, until one day, the secret was out. It started with whispers at school, then pointed fingers, and before we knew it, our story was talk of the town. And then the unthinkable happened. Child Protective Services showed up at our front door. We've received a report about your living situation. We need to conduct an investigation. The officer said. I felt like the ground was slipping under my feet. We were about to lose everything. But I wasn't going down without a fight. I decided to go on a live broadcast to tell our story to the world. I was nervous, my hands shaking as I faced the camera. But when I thought about Lily and her sisters, I knew I had to be strong. Good evening, everyone. I began, my voice echoing in the silent studio. My name is Jake and I'm here to tell you a story. A story about family, about love, and about the lengths we go to to protect the ones we care about. I paused, looking directly into the camera. It's also a story about sacrifice, about stepping up and taking responsibilities that were never meant to be yours, but to accept them anyway because you care. Because you can't stand by and do nothing when the people you love are in trouble. I could feel the intensity of the sound studio, the crew members hanging on to each and every word I'd spoke. At the tender age of fifteen, I found myself in a role that I was hardly prepared for. I became a father figure to three girls who had been abandoned by their own. I was just a kid myself, but I knew I had to protect them, provide for them. My voice grew stronger, more confident as I continued. We faced challenges, oh did we face them, from figuring out how to pay the bills, to dealing with the judgmental whispers at school, to the sleepless nights worrying about what the next day would bring. But through it all, we stuck together. We became our own little family, found not by blood, but by our shared experiences, by resilience. I love. Tonight, I stand before you not as a victim, but as a testament to the power of perseverance, of community, and of unconditional love. Our story is proof that family isn't always about DNA. Sometimes it's about finding the people who accept you, who stand by you, and who fight for you, no matter what. So here's to all the unconventional families out there. To the people who step up when others step down. To the heroes who are born out of necessity. This is is for you. The response was overwhelming. Messages of support poured in. A GoFundMe page was set up to help us. The community rallied around us, their kindness and generosity bringing tears to our eyes. But just when I thought things couldn't get any more dramatic, Lily's dad showed up. He had seen the broadcast and decided to come back. What are you doing here? I asked, my voice shaking with anger. I, uh, I came to take my, my daughter's back. He stammered, looking around nervously. You lost that right when you abandoned them. I shot back. The crowd that had gathered around us erupted in agreement. They shamed him, told him he had no right to come back after abandoning his family. He left, and this time, I knew he wouldn't be back. In the end, we were allowed to stay together. An elderly woman from our neighborhood, Mrs. Jenkins, offered to legally adopt the girls, so the authorities would leave us alone. We were more than happy to accept. And so, our story concludes, not with a sad ending, but with a new beginning. A beginning filled with hope, love, and a community that turned into a family.
3: I hate it when people tell me I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Especially when they don't know how awful my parents were to me. My name is Coda, and from the very start of my life, they made it their mission to make me feel like my birth didn't matter. I never had a birthday, never celebrated one, because they never told me when I was born and how old I was. The one thing they did for me was giving me a king's education. I had the best tutors in the world, the most private education. I had teachers and professors give me private classes in my own home. I was isolated from the world, but I also became a genius. But even though my mind was sharp as a needle, I gravitated towards the arts. I was a creative at heart, and the one thing I loved doing the most was singing. By age six, I was already singing classical pieces that even grown adults found intimidating to perform, and I did it all in the privacy of our attic. My most profound talent became my biggest secret, because if my parents found out, I knew they would do all they could to stop me from singing. I used my intelligence to study music on my own. And whenever my parents would go on holidays, I would sneak music teachers into our house. And I would have them teach me everything they knew. The best voice coaches in the world came to teach me in secret. I was always alone. Not going to regular schools like everybody else made me lonely. I didn't have the chance to meet friends. And that sadness, I channeled it all into music. One day, while I was doing my vocal warm-ups, my mom heard me. She dragged me to my dad without a word. and then. She told on me. Your son... has been singing! Singing? What are you, some commoner? We hire people for entertainment, boy. We're not the ones who stop so low as to be the entertainment! You will stop this nonsense now, or you'll be cut off of the will! I suggest you focus your efforts on becoming the best businessman you can be! After all, you will have to run the company when we retire. I had no choice. No one to turn to. I grew up shy and socially awkward. And I was weak. I did everything my parents told me to because I never had the guts to fight back. I stopped singing for a while, but when I was really down, I would still do it. It was the only thing that cheered me up. It was on the day that our mansion was being renovated that I met her. The noise from the workers was so loud that I decided to put my earbuds on to drown them out. But without noticing, I had started singing along at the top of my lungs. Suddenly my mom slapped me. Shut that mouth of yours! Can't you hear we have company? Butler, get the door! And when the doors opened, I saw the most beautiful girl I had ever seen. She flipped her hair and said hello to my parents. I'm so sorry. I was walking my dog down the street when I heard the most beautiful voice coming from your house. May I ask who was singing? No one! No one here sings! How dare you accuse us of doing such disgusting things! Oh, uh, it's just... I'm also a singer, and... uh, Perhaps it was your son? Nonsense! Butler, get this trespasser off my property! I was 16 when I finally found out my real birthday. I bribed one of the doctors who was working in the hospital I was born at. So I wanted to throw a party. And I wanted to celebrate it by sharing the songs I wrote to the world. I was ready to show the world who I really was. But then my parents shut down my plans, saying I was not worthy of celebrating my own birthday. They told me that only when I ascended through our company and became worthy of being CEO will I be able to do whatever I wanted for my special day. I was so depressed I ran out of the house and got lost in the maze in the garden. It was then that I heard a beautiful voice like a mermaid's, and like a sailor lost at sea, I followed the siren's call. Until I emerged from the maze and saw her on the other side of our walls, singing as she played her guitar. Hey, I was waiting for you. you- you're that girl? From Before? Yeah, and I've come back for you. Your parents stifle your true talent. You should...
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass- so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.
3: and I was in love at first sight. She was offering me freedom, and I took it. I ran away with Ari after she learned what a bad life I had. She hid me in a recording company's studio so that my parents wouldn't be able to find me. That was when I found out that Ari was a rich recording artist. Ari fed me, clothed me, hid me, and hired bodyguards for me. I felt really safe going out after that, knowing that my parents could never take me back by force. I worked at the studios, writing and recording late at night when nobody was there. I wrote lots of amazing songs, and after six months of living there, I was able to complete an entire album that I knew would be a hit. Only one day, I woke up and all my work was gone. I panicked. I ran around the whole place, and then, while I was rummaging around the trash in case someone had thrown my stuff away, I heard something coming from the music producers. It was my song. And Ari and her producer were laughing and toasting something. You... you stole my songs! (laughs) What did you think? You were just gonna live on my dime for free? It's just business, kid. Just how the industry works. Luckily, your voice sounds a bit like a girl's and close enough to Ari's, so we can sell all your work as if she's the one who wrote and sang them. I... I'll get you for this. Not before I get my money's worth first. Ari and her producer locked me up in one of the studios, and they locked me in there with four bodyguards. I was in there for three days, and I didn't know what to do. Until I got a brilliant idea. I pretended to see my parents outside. I acted my heart out. Help! You have to stop them, or they'll try to steal me! And the bodyguards believed me. They ran out of the room to chase after what they thought were my parents. What they didn't know was that because I spent all my time in the studios, I knew exactly what the layout of the building was. It took no more than two seconds to get up onto the vents. I crawled quietly, and then, as I heard the commotion of them looking for me, I dropped out of the alleyway. I ran away for the second time in my life. But this time, I didn't feel free. I just felt like a massive loser for letting the girl I loved steal my life's work. I lived in the streets for weeks. My only comfort was my new friend, Sam. She was homeless, too, and she helped me a lot. I didn't know how to survive, so I bussed in the sidewalks, the parks, and the train subway stations. My talent was finally working for me. I earned a bunch of money. I saved it all up, thinking I could maybe get enough to be able to rent a small room until I got back on my feet. But one morning, as I woke up in the park bench that Sam and I slept on, I saw that everything I owned had been stolen. Even Sam's stuff was gone, too. I was left with nothing but the jacket I had on. I was so mad that I got stolen from again, and it reminded me of Ari, that I threw the jacket she bought me on the day she helped me escape my parents' house. But as I fell to the ground, I noticed a piece of paper sticking out from the secret pocket. I opened it up and saw that it was an old song I wrote. It was the birthday song I wrote when I was depressed on my 16th birthday. It was the last remaining song that Ari wasn't able to steal. I was about to cry. Instead, I stood up and stood on a small stage. I sang that song with all my heart, even when tears began flowing down my cheeks. For the first time in a very long time, I put all my emotions into my music. Then one person came to watch. Then two. And then suddenly there was a crowd around me. People were taking videos, many of them were crying, too. I got so many tips that day. But more than that, I felt so happy that my music was able to reach people. My song about my life touched people's emotions. I was so proud. The next morning, I was woken by a guy in a suit. He was a reporter, and behind him were ten more reporters from all the different networks. I had gone viral. I was on TikTok, YouTube... Every single social media was blowing up with my singing. I gave interviews, and in them, I told everyone of my story, and how Ari stole my songs. Her career and the producer's career was over after that. I got signed by a pretty big recording company. I went on tour, and then I married Sam. I rescued her from the streets and took her wherever my tours took me. One day, during my anniversary concert, I saw my parents in the crowd far away. It was my birthday, and people were singing happy birthday for me. My parents hated that. I could see it in their faces. But having that happen while they were in the crowd was so satisfying, because they always made me feel like my birth never mattered. But now, thousands of people were celebrating my existence. I thanked my fans, I kissed my wife, and then I jumped into the crowd as I smiled in triumph.
4: Do you believe in fate? Well, I never did. I'm a 21-year-old college student studying finance and banking. So yeah, numbers are my forte, therefore I'm a logical thinker. Horoscopes and chance meetings, as if, but then I met someone who changed it all. I'm Kai, by the way, and let me tell you my story. It all started one evening while studying. I got a serious craving for some Cheetos, so I went out to get some. That's when I saw a petite girl shouting at two huge guys in the park. Hey, Bigfoot, did you really just litter? Pick it up now or I'll give you a good going over. Oh, man, did this girl have a death wish? And was she drunk? The two guys didn't look happy. They approached her, and one of them even raised his hand up like he was going to hit her. But she quickly pushed his hand away, which only made him mad Man, I didn't want to get involved in this. So I pretended I hadn't seen them and walked off. But then I was just a few steps away. I heard one of the guys scream. And the other guy said, what the gross? I could have just carried on walking, but nope, my curiosity got the better of me. So I turned around and saw that one guy was covered in vomit. Then the girl pointed at me and said, honey, there you are. Then she fainted. Huh? I didn't know her. I was staring at them, looking perplexed. When one of the dudes yelled, why are you still standing there? Quickly take your crazy girlfriend home if you don't want to taste my fist. I was so scared, I hurried over and carried this girl off. I had no idea who she was or where she lived. Um, this was crazy. I placed her down on a nearby bench and looked around for those guys, but luckily, they'd gone. I didn't know what to do, so I left her there and walked off. But then I started to feel bad. Was I too heartless? What if something else happened to her? So I went back and gave the girl a piggyback ride back to my house. Jeez, she was so much heavier than she looked. As soon as I dropped her onto the couch, her phone rang, so I answered it. Hello? Then the person on the other end of the line asked, Who are you? Where's my friend? I muttered out my address and was about to tell her to come pick up her friend, but she already hung up. Why was she so rude? I'd almost bust my back carrying her friend to safety. How annoying. This night has been far too dramatic for me, and worse still, I didn't have any Cheetos. I decided to take a shower, then get some sleep. But as soon as I stepped out of the bathroom, the doorbell rang. I presumed it must be the girl's friend, so I entered the door. Then two cops immediately pushed me against the wall and handcuffed me. Before I could fathom what was happening, one of them said kidnap and assault accusations had been made against me, and I was escorted to the station. What? I tried to explain what happened, but they wouldn't listen to me. That night, as I sat in the cold, uninviting cell, I found myself regretting my kindness. I didn't sleep a wink. I just hoped the next morning came quickly, so that I could confront that girl about this false accusation. But before I could do that, the cops released me at dawn. The girl had sobered up and told them it was all just a misunderstanding. Well, luckily, she still remembered a bit or else I didn't dare to imagine it anymore. I swore I would never get involved with anyone in need ever again. No good deed goes unpunished. For real. A few days later, when I was watching TV, someone knocked on my door. And you wouldn't believe it. It's the drunk girl. I looked at her suspiciously. What are you doing here? The girl didn't say anything. Instead, she coldly slipped past me and entered my house. Huh? What was she playing at? Then she glared at me and asked me about that night. After I told her everything that happened, she laughed. Okay, I believe you. If I didn't, you'd know about it. She held her fist in front of me. I startled and almost fell off my chair. Then she chuckled. Now I'm hungry. Go make your guests some food. What was with this girl? She was so direct and bold. I glanced at her and said no, but she continued. If you don't, I'll go to the cops and change my statement. Then she got up to leave, so I quickly said, Okay, okay, fine. Then reluctantly searched my cupboards for food. Ah, trusted spaghetti, how you never fail me. So I prepared Balinese for us. While she was eating, she said, I'm Nora, by the way, the best screenplay writer major in the country. She winked. She thanked me for the food, then left. Phew, that'd be it now, surely. Nope, turns out this was just the beginning. The next morning, she texted me. Come pick me up for college ASAP, else I'm calling the cops. Was she being serious? Then she sent me another message with her address and told me to hurry up. I rushed over there and she got into my car, glared at me and said, You're late. And that's how I somehow became this Nora girl's servant. Her calls and messages could come at any time. And she would always force me to do things for her straight away. One time I was soaking in the bath when she texted and demanded I bring her some chocolate. Another time, she called me at 2 a.m. and told me she was bored, so I had to come over and play some video games with her. I also became her unpaid Uber driver. Every day, from home to school and back, and it's inevitable that I overslept once, so Nora bombarded my phone with tons of texts and calls. I groggily answered, and she used her calling-the-cops thread again to force me to get there in 15 minutes. What a pain in the neck! Another time, I just stepped out of the house to go and hang out with my friends when Nora showed up and insisted that I had to take her to the cinema. She wouldn't take no for an answer, so I had to cancel on my friends and go watch some bland movie with her. Such a troublesome girl, right? But strangely, as time went by, I started to find Nora less annoying, and instead found myself smiling when she texted me or called. On the days when she didn't bother me, well, my mood seemed to dampen. Was I crazy? I mean, she was cute, very spontaneous, and, well, there was no one else quite like her but then all of a sudden the messages and calls stopped. Did she not want me around anymore? I miss Nora. Many times I had to stop myself from calling her. I should be happy I was out of Nora's control, right? Then one day out of the blue, my phone beeped. It was Nora. Come to the Starbucks on Vincent Street. Move it. You have five minutes. Jeez, that bossy tone again. Still, I immediately drove to the address. When I got there, I saw Nora with a guy and a girl. I walked over to them and just sat down. Nora held my arm. Honey, why are you so late? I stared at her in surprise. She smiled and turned to the other two. This is Kai, my boyfriend. What? Did I get it wrong? Did she just say I was her boyfriend? Then she said, Kai, this is my former bestie Kim and her boyfriend Greg, who's also my ex. Awkward, right? But I have you now so we can all be friends. Reading the situation, I realized I had to go along with it. So I stroked her hair and said, yes, my honey muffin, anything you want. My cheesy lines seemed to work as they both looked annoyed, then left. So I turned to look at Nora and stammered. Did you just say I'm your boyfriend? Nora said nonchalantly, yeah, isn't that okay? If you don't like it, forget it. Then she was about to leave. I pulled her hand and said, yes, of course, sounds great. So that's how we became an official couple. We went on a few dates and she was her usual demanding self. Not that I'd want her any other way. Then one time, after a month of dating, Nora dragged me to a swan lake in a nearby park. She looked at me for a long time and then said, Kai, I'm studying abroad for a year. I leave tomorrow. I glared at her in surprise and asked why she hadn't told me sooner. She continued, I guess I didn't want to make you sad, and I don't know if your feelings are big enough, so write down your feelings for me and give them to me tomorrow. That night, I carefully wrote down all my thoughts and feelings for her. I still had hope that this one year of long-distance love would be over quickly. The next day, I drove her to the airport and handed her my letter. To my surprise, Nora also gave me a letter and told me over and over that I could only read it when I got home. Of course, I obeyed her. Then read it as soon as I passed my door, and whoa, I wasn't expecting this. In it, Nora confessed all this time she was just using me to get revenge on her ex and took advantage of me to get over him. That night we had first met, she found out about him and Kim. But now she regretted how she treated me. At the end of the letter, she wrote, If fate wants us to be together, then we'll meet again one day. What? I was so shocked. So I called to tell her she didn't need to feel guilty, and that I forgave her. I kept calling, but it didn't work. I also asked her friends, but no one knew how to reach her. She disappeared from all social media, and just like that, she vanished from my life. I missed Nora so much and found myself hoping that fate would reunite me with her someday. Then one time while I was surfing YouTube, this web drama called My Destiny Is Yours caught my eyes. Curious, I decided to check it out. And I watched Wide-Eyed as my story with Nora played out in front of me through each episode. This definitely was written by Nora. But how would she end it? It stopped at the part where the girl left and cut off all contact with the guy. An announcement popped up on the screen. The finale was launching at 9pm tonight. I anxiously watched the seconds tick by. During the last episode, the two characters met up at a swan lake. I had a hunch, so without a second delay, I immediately ran to the swan lake in the nearby park. My heart flipped when I saw a girl standing there. It was Nora. Man, I ran so fast and hugged her. She hugged me back, then said, I was a little nervous you wouldn't see the movie. Then she smirked. But it doesn't matter anyway. I could have just texted you, come to the swan lake now, and you would have come, right? Then we both burst out laughing and continued to hug each other. Well, you see, fate brought me and Nora together. And this logic-loving skeptic is now a big believer in destiny. How about you? Have you found your destiny yet?